0: Welcome to Time Out with the School of Sports Sciences in the WBU College of Applied Human Sciences. I was 25 and I was was told that I was being discriminated against. I kind of learned what was going on. I was like awoke to the world. I was like oh okay, this is a real thing and I, I had to make a decision of whether or not I was going to do that. And I decided obviously to do another free internship and work at waitressing and all this stuff. And so I had to ask myself like, why am I doing this? Why not yeah. just why not just take the easy route and just do it? And I kind of was like, okay, I want, first of all, I want to do it. I want to work in professional baseball. That's what I want to do. And also like, it's my job. Like if I don't do this, then who else is going to do it?
1: I am Dr. Dana K. Volker, a passionate educator, scholar, and former athlete helping to construct safe, positive, and health-promoting experiences for girls and women in sport. I'd like to welcome you to an episode of Let's Elevate Girls and Women in Sport podcast series brought to you by the School of Sports Sciences in the WVU College of Applied Human Sciences. Today, we are talking with Rachel Balkovec, a minor league manager for the New York Yankees. She is the first woman to manage a Major League Baseball-affiliated team. She is also the first woman to become a full-time strength and conditioning coach and the first woman to become a full-time hitting coach in the history of professional baseball. Having worked in professional baseball for over 10 years, she has also had positions with organizations in addition to the Yankees, including the St. Louis Cardinals and Houston Astros. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so, so much for being here. I've read that you're quite passionate about the minor league system, the layers, the complexities, the player experiences. And I'm wondering, what is a typical day like as a manager of a minor league affiliate of the New York Yankees?
0: Uh, there's not really a typical good day, but from a broad perspective, perspective, basically at my level, which is low A, which again, for people um, who aren't well-versed in the minor league system of professional baseball, you have... The major league team and then you have a long minor league system which is starts with triple a then goes down to double a and then single a um there's two single a teams so i'm at one of one of at one of those single a teams uh then we also have rookie leagues below us so so i'm at a single a team and basically i wake up and kind of go through my own morning routine of training and, and preparing for the day so i kind of get my workout in and then i go to the field and start studying video from the previous night's game and kind of reviewing what went on and then maybe pulling different videos to show the guys to review or educate them. Um, And then they kind of start showing up around one o'clock. So I might get to the field around 10 a.m. and be doing kind of office work, if you will, for several hours. The players kind of show up around one o'clock. We start practice around two. We'll do practice um, in the cages, on the field with defense stuff. And then we kind of have a little break around 5 p.m. and our games are usually around 7 p.m. And then the game goes until somewhere around 9 30, 10. And then after the game, we kind of close up shop and get ready for the next day. So we have, uh, we have over 140 games in our minor league se- season and it's quite, you know, it's, it's full on. It's every single day. We do have Mondays off, which is actually a recent development in the minor league system, but we have a game damn near every day. Uh, and so it's very, like, it's just a very, uh, work intensive season. Um, and that's kind of my, my, broad view of what I do daily and and throughout the year.
1: Yeah. Wow. So what time does your day start?
0: I mean, my day starts technically practices, usually one or two o'clock. My day starts around 10 and I'm usually up by seven 30 or so.
1: Yep. Yeah. 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 So you're grinding for sure.
0: (laughs) Definitely. It's a, it's a rigorous season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So amid those challenges and it being so rigorous, what's the best part of the job? If you had to pick one thing.
0: I mean, by far, it's watching the guys develop and yeah. mature and take on new challenges and um, be frustrated and then get over the hump. And I mean, it really, like you mentioned in the in the get go, like that's really what attracted me to my minor league baseball in particular yeah. and professional baseball in general is just that it is such a long development process for them. So it's just helping the guys.
1: So it's just watching people grow. Like that's a huge part of what yeah. attracts you to the minor league system. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I love that. So starting back sort of at the beginning, so in roughly 2012, 2013, you had what six internships, a master's degree, and no job offers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is really the epitome of, of, What is often referred to as you're all coached up, all trained up and nowhere to go. (laughs) Like there's no opportunity. Like you couldn't have more training. You couldn't have more certifications, more qualifications. And yet it's just the door's not opening.
0: Before I got to the desperate point, I'll walk you through what happened. Basically, 2013 season, I was applying for all these jobs, not just crickets, nothing. And uh, finally, one came through and it was um, an opportunity to do another internship, but a paid internship for the season. And it was a huge opportunity for me. And so I went down the path of applying for that. And I had uh, interviews and I met with a person in person. And he said, you know, you're the person we want to hire. Like, let me just call, I'm going to call HR. And like, he actually, you know, verbally offered it to me more or less. He's like, we'll get the paperwork going in the next couple of days. And then he, I never heard from him. And obviously it's very strange if you've ever been through a job, you know, hiring process. And so I was like, that's weird. And never heard from him, followed up, email. All this stuff and never heard from him and just he kind of ghosted me and so then a few weeks later he finally called me and said hey i'm really sorry like i basically took you know the person i wanted to hire to our higher ups in our front office and they said no we weren't willing to hire a woman in that role um and he was like apologizing you know he said i wanted to hire you but i just want to let you know what you're up against like you are being blatantly discriminated against and of course, I was shocking to hear and it's illegal. So it's even more shocking that somebody would tell you, yeah. but he was really, he felt bad about it, you know, and he, uh, he really opened my eyes. And so then he said, well, that's, that's not all. I actually called around to a bunch of other teams that I know have open positions posted for posted, and they all got your resume. Cause I applied for everything. Um, and he was like, and they are all saying the same thing is that they're just not willing to hire, you know, a woman in that role. So I really, that's when I really stopped being naive. You know, I knew what I was up against. I knew that not just one, but multiple, many teams were discriminating against me and just women in general. So I sat out that season. I waitressed, um, worked at Lululemon. I picked up another internship at Arizona State University, working for free just with, you know, a couple of teams. So I would kind of work part-time for Arizona State doing my internship from like 5am to 8am when teams would train. And then I would go to like my waitressing job and work there. And, um, so that next season coming around, I just didn't want to take any chances. And I, realistically, it wasn't a good, it didn't work, you know, but what it did is I changed my name to Ray. I changed everything to gender neutral. I went into Google and like put my changed my name to like took off my first name so that nothing showed up as being a woman. um, when I emailed these people and then I sent it out and I got all these responses. And so, What it did for me was just build my confidence in my resume that I was creating and the experiences that I was getting. But I mean, obviously they were going to find out that I was a woman eventually, but I was just hoping that somebody would interview me on the phone, call me and go through an interview process and go, Oh, okay. Like this is a qualified person and they know what they're talking about. So I was just hoping that that would, I was so desperate, obviously, that yeah, um, I just wanted to talk to someone and, and show myself. And so, that's why I did it. And it was kind of short lived because it got real awkward real quick. Um, and I just I just finally had to say, like, all right, if they're not going to hire a woman, then I don't want to work for them, you know, which was hard because most teams yeah. didn't want to. So I was lu- I, I say lucky just timing wise, our coordinator for the Cardinals, who I had already interned for and they'd already worked with me, our, inter- our coordinator moved on. And that position opened up. And so the Cardinals called me back and ended up hiring me full time late in that off season. Like I was already planning on doing another year of sitting out and doing more internships and adding more to my resume. And late in that off offseason, um, after the 2013 season, they called and asked if I wanted to interview for that job. So I went from not being able to get like a meagerly paid internship to being a coordinator, which should tell you like how much the Cardinals thought of my work as an intern and thought of me as a person. Um, but I couldn't even get a call for an internship from another team. So I say lucky as in like, it was right timing, you know, and, and I, I give all the credit to the Cardinals for taking that initial leap because that was really the dark days of women in sports. And, um, nobody was covering any, you know, I wasn't getting a podcast. No one even knew that it happened. There was no social media. Um, so, now it's I'm getting a lot more notoriety these days, and this is interesting. I guess for your students to hear is like society has changed. You know, there's all yeah. this celebration of women and sport. You know, female athletes, the WNBA, Serena retiring, and just all of these things. There's so much like pride, and uh, there's so many more women coming into sports that there's first this and first that. And yep. now I'm getting so much, you know, coverage. But the real, the real dark days were back when there was no social media and nobody was hiring women to get an Instagram post. They were hiring, you know, if they wanted to hire a woman, it's because they really wanted to hire them. Because I'm sure, I'm sure, again, all the credits to the Cardinals that they got all kinds of, right. you know, right. hell for, oh, you yeah. hired a woman? Like, how could yeah. you do that? So, um, yeah, so it was, that was 2012, 13. And, you know, I've had my troubles since then, but those were definitely the most difficult days of my career.
1: So what do you think, do you have any insight or any inclination as to, you know, why everyone was so afraid to, to take a leap and, and hire a woman? Like, you know, in these conversations where they're providing you feedback, well, you know, we're just not going to hire a woman. And all of these other organizations says, well, we're just not going to hire a woman. Was it just that? Or was there elaboration? Like, we don't think women can do it? Or <laughs> we just never done it before. You think it's like fear of the unknown? What's your hunch? A combination
0: of things, you know, and there's like the, there's the question of professionalism and, uh, you know, the common thing for them to say is, well, we're not worried about you. We're just worried about the players. Like whatever right, player right, right. Yep. makes an advance on you or God forbid there's a sexual assault of some kind. And then we've got a big lawsuit on our hands and that's what they would say. Right. Uh, but it's also the whole, like, are you going to have a relationship with players? And then, oh, well, the players can't, they can't be themselves. They can't curse. They can't talk about women. You know, and so there's the it was just how is having a woman in our environment going to change what we do every day? Um, And, you know, and also partly like, oh, who's going to respect you and who's going to take you seriously? Like, okay, you're cute, which which if you know me and after five seconds of meeting me, you're like, oh, okay, they're not going to have no problem. No one's going to walk over you, you know, but yeah, it's just that fear of unknown. Like we've never had a woman in here. So what are the players going to do? Um, so it's you know, and I don't ever I don't hold bitterness about that, like it's changed, you know, my perspective on change after being in the business for over ten years now is just it's changed. you don't like change, I don't like change, you know, like our iPhone updates, and we're like, oh, what is this? <laughs> you know how do I don't yes. like God, what is <laughs> You know, like we get an update on our phone and we just freak out and then we expect, you know, a massive like change that has social implications. Everyone, We just expect everyone to just immediately, you know, assimilate and be okay with it. And it's like, no, you have to have a little empathy for people making that adjustment and understanding yeah. what that means or what it doesn't mean and and working through their fears about it. Um, And so I just, you know, early on in my career probably was uh, firing upset about things and oh, I can't believe you wouldn't. Me, but now with perspective, and after watching 10 years of evolution of change with women in sports, um, with a front row seat, I'm just like, Well, you know, I don't like change either, so it just so happens that I'm the change, and so I'm the epicenter of some awkwardness and some, some nasty things that are said, and just all of it. So, you know, it just I, I'm grateful that I've been able to move it along the spectrum.
1: Do you get negative feedback still? I mean, I can only imagine now with social media that yeah. the potential for that has increased, and despite the the accolades and you know the sense of accomplishment other people experience with you, that there's probably still some negativity,
0: yeah, oh yeah, there's plenty uh, more so like just social media trolls, and yeah, I always just say like honestly it's it's rarely said to my face, it's mostly behind my back, and then I'll yeah. hear you know, from colleagues and other organizations. And it also is mostly people who don't know me mm-hmm. who make assumptions or they just don't know, you know, how this, they can't imagine how that would work. And, you know, they, again, there's curiosity and like, how could they respect a woman in that position? And there's all those things. And I just, honestly, it's really not that hard because they usually don't say it to my face. So I'm like, well, can't yeah, so worry it's about it.
1: Easy you know? to ignore their distance, not immediate. It's not, you know, the players that you're working with or. no. The administration, Players, the organization. It's, no, no. It's distant. Any organization
0: that I've worked with, any player that I've worked with, it's almost never a problem. Yeah. Um, and if I do have a problem with somebody, it's because most play- people have a problem with that player and it's just right. the same thing for me. So it's really been minimal that I can talk about a few instances over my 10-year career. Like It's really not been that bad. Although, again, it's the people that I don't talk to that don't know me, trolls on the internet, et cetera, which... It's like, well, I can't worry about it. Like, right. it's not causing me stress. I'm not going to worry about what's being said behind my back. And there's five percent of me that goes, "Oh no, what if so and so is thinking?" And then there's ninety five percent of me that's like, "What? I don't, I don't care." Right. Like, you know, you don't know what I've done to be here, so
1: right. I don't care. Right, right, right. So it's interesting how you know you sort of talk about you don't harbor this uh, negativity or hard feelings about the struggles that you've been through because things have evolved, right? And you've been a part of that evolution and that's a good thing. Um, And so I I also understand that you have this other side of things where you're offering mentorship to other people and feel a sense of responsibility to offer mentorship, particularly women and helping them pursue their careers. And so what part, I mean, it's clear what parts of your experience have sort of informed that part of, what you want to do. I guess my question is why do you welcome that responsibility? Because sometimes it can be looked at, oh, well, I, I'm not just because I'm the only woman doing this right now or in this specific role. Why is all the responsibility on me? But for you, you're like, embraced it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess I've like, first of all, I've always been like the captain on the team and the person who's lifting others up and you know, none of my teammates from when I was younger, high school or college are surprised that I'm doing this, you know, are surprised okay, that yeah. I'm in this position. None of them, yeah. you know, because I'm always, you know, I was the girl on the team that was like, you can do it. We can, you know, like, hey, be, stand up, tall." Like, <laughs> like always, I've always been this kind of activist, if you will, or just yeah. you know, in support of like having women just know know that they have a role in a and a place in society. Like I've always kind of been like that. So no one is really surprised, you know. But on top of that, it's like when I first got in, and as the ball started like rolling, and there's more social media and people finding out and people were reaching out to me, it was just I kept getting the same questions over and over again. And I, I saw a need. Okay. You know, and it's like it, like the questions were how do I get to do what you're doing? And then also like, how do I just have the confidence alone to do what you're doing? And then how do I present myself? And so it just I was answering the same questions over and over again, and I just knew that I had some really like helpful advice to hand over. Um, and then that turned into a more formal course. Yeah. And then more form- Then I was giving the course and then there was always the follow-up questions. And so that turned into more of a one-on-one mentorship that I, that I offer because it just never got done by me sending a, a DM back and going, well, you, you know, I can't say that in a paragraph. Like, so I just, I really evolved into something longer where I spent a month with these Women and men, for that matter, yeah, um, going over some things and really diving deep into what they need and what their their insecurities or questions are about their career. Um, and it's just something I'm passionate about. You know, I just love, like, especially the college age women because um, they're at a really foundational level of their careers where they can make a really important decisions about what they're doing. Yeah. And so sometimes I talk to women who are close to 30. And I'm like, I wish I would have met you when you were in college, because we could have avoided this if you had, uh, you know, you'd taken this route, or you had made this decision, or you had studied this in college or whatever. So I like reaching women who are kind of in those lower 20s. And I'm just passionate about helping them make the right decisions for them, you know, based off of what their goals are. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of always been in me, but this has definitely like heightened it and kind of put into a more formal, you know, situation.
1: So how do you find time for this piece? I mean, you just described being busy twenty four <laughs> yeah, yeah. hours a day. No, so I'm thinking no. there's time between like midnight and seven AM no, you should the be off sleeping, season, but I you're mentoring. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't touch it in season. I just like yeah. there's an application in my Instagram bio and I haven't even touched it. You know, I'm just yeah. going over applications right now. Yeah. And like basically it's like in season, you're right. I don't do anything besides baseball and I can barely right. find time to speak to my boyfriend, you know, let alone yeah run a mentorship. So in the off season, I'll probably run like one or two rounds um, of whenever I have time of like five to six people. So it's it's an application process. And I just try to basically find the people that I can probably just have the most impact with. Yeah. And over the off season, help those people and then move on. And yeah, I don't have a lot of time, but also it's something that I enjoy. So in my free time, that's what I like to do.
1: So when you're mentoring these folks, they're not all in baseball, they're in, interested in other industries. So have you found anything in talking with those folks about the challenges they're experiencing? Are there is there anything that you like couldn't answer that you found that was unique? Or do you find that the challenges and what they're wanting is kind of parallel to your journey?
0: It's all the same. It's not yeah. all the same. It's all very different. I mean, there's most, I would say 80% of people that even apply are in sports in some yeah. form or fashion. Um, but it's all about confidence, Oh, interesting. So it's all about. It's like it all comes down to the most common thing that people say after leaving my mentorship is I feel more confident, and whatever that could be a multitude of things. It could be in their career, it could be in their relationships, could be in their their own like just physical health, body, mind, and spirit. Um, It's really just leaving with more confidence and going in the direction of their dreams, you know, with speed. So it's all it's all kind of a foundational thing of confidence
1: how cool so who were your mentors um did you look up to
0: as you were doing say like younger younger years you know ultimately in yeah. my family like yeah. my foundationally my parents and my you know my parents you never think of them as mentors when you're young but i look back and i'm like they were the best mentors you could ever ask for with they never told me that i couldn't do anything because of my gender you know and uh it wasn't ever a fluffy like you can do anything honey you know it was, <laughs> It was like, well, if you work, you know, you want to do something like, okay, work for it, work, earn it, figure it out. How are you gonna? You're not good at it, okay? If you, if you want to pursue that, you better work at it. Um, and it was just that was the attitude that our whole household had between you know my parents and their own lives, and then um, my sisters and I got that from them for sure. And so I would say Bonnie and Jim balkovic were the original mentors, and then thankfully I have two sisters that I'm really close with, and we again they're they're my mentors, you know, so the household that I was brought up in is just like, so strong. Um, I'm really thankful for that. But then also early coaches, like I just when I say I, get, I don't say I get lucky often, but I didn't get to choose my parents. Like I just got lucky that I had great parents and great sisters that I'm really close with. Um, and then also great coaches who I have really healthy relationships with and were my mentors early on pushing me and asking me to give my best. So those things for sure. Um, and then externally, like I would just say, growing up, I was really fortunate. So I'm 35 and people take this for granted, but I was like, you know, 10 to 15 to 16 when women's sports were really starting to be televised. So I got to watch, I got to watch the 99ers, you know, play at the Rose Bowl for soccer, like Brandi Chastain ripping her shirt off and Mia Hamm and like Serena was getting big and I got to watch her just really strong, like loud dressed and I got to see and I, I reflect back on that and it's like, that was really important. Like I got to idolize women who were competing at a high level of sport. And that was the first time prior to that, like women's sports were just not on television very much, really. You had to really work hard to find it. And and at the time that I was kind of coming into really formative years for myself as a young woman, I got to watch people who looked like me, you know, competing at a high level of sport. And so that was important for sure. And then later in life, I would just say for sure, like Dylan Lawson, he's our major league hitting coach for the Yankees, was a very impactful person in my career, mentor. Um, The guy who hired me first with the Cardinals, Pete Prenzy, like I've had just some phenomenal, strong coaching mentors as well.
1: So with the Cardinals, I'm thinking about this. What was fundamentally different about that interaction? I mean, I know that they, that you knew them right and they hand selected said called you up and said we have this position was there is there anything different about your relationship with them that made them the difference maker so
0: versus some um, of these others
1: and i know they already had experience with you but was there any other piece of the culture or that just made them so open to it and say like we got to do this
0: um one thing that is a common thread, it's like somebody in psychology or sociology should do a study on this. Okay. Uh, I'm writing it down. Yeah. (laughs) One thing that I've just observed throughout my career is the people who have been instrumental in my hirings without exception. I'm trying to think like without exception, who the people who have been really impactful in hiring me in all three different organizations and all roles, they've all had either strong mothers or strong wives. And I to be more specific, when I say strong, that's very—you can be strong in many different ways. Um, but just uh, career-driven moms or wives or both. So Pete Prinzi, his mom was um, like an entrepreneur. She was in high up in corporate America, and she, he also married a woman who is an entrepreneur and super career-minded and is high up in business and was a. She was actually worked in baseball at one time. Like, I mean that's just one example yeah so he he hired me with the cardinals then the guy who hired me with the astros dylan lawson his mother was super high up in corporate america had a c-level you know title mm-hmm. his wife is a really career-minded strong woman who does you know has a lot going on for herself um it just really they have strong women in their lives and they don't really think it's weird you know they're like what okay my mom was a ceo like what cares?" Yeah. So they they just see women differently, I think. And that's just allowed them to be open minded to it, which, again, um, lucky me, I ran into that person at the right time and they were the opportunity was there.
1: Yeah. So I've also uh, I've read that you've referred to yourself as a feminist. Mm -hmm. Do you consider yourself a feminist?
0: Uh, yeah, but I do think that's a little bit of a dirty word these days. Just it really like, is, and that's why
1: I'm asking about it. And what yeah, it sort of means to like, you?
0: I I think that I probably fit in with both groups. You know, it's like well, I don't I don't know the opposite of feminist, but I am a feminist in the way that I think feminist means that you believe that women has, should have equal opportunity and be treated equally. That's my definition of it. But I do think there's some just like there's toxic masculinity. There's toxic feminine, the feminist femininity where it's like beating my chest women deserve this why you know men hate women and it's kind of this like competition
1: yep. feeling of like, like a tug of war it's either are or our, yeah mm-hmm. men are
0: our enemy we're fighting that's not how i feel at all i don't feel in competition with men i don't feel like men are the enemy i don't even feel like i've been mistreated by men even though i probably have been mistreated by men like that i just am like i don't look again i view you as processing change i don't view you as like trying to keep women down, you know, and, and trying to keep me down. Like, I just don't take it personally. And I, I do think women should have equal opportunity, but I don't think, you know, I, I don't agree with the whole, we need more women in sports. It's like, no, we just, we need qualified people in sports. And I hope that women have an equal opportunity to get those jobs, but I don't think that just inherently women deserve this and we should have, well, how come we don't have equal women doing we, No. Well, I mean, just think logically, you know, like I have been in many roles in professional baseball to accept resumes. And I can tell you that less than 5% of the resumes that I receive are from women. So it's either that women don't think they can get the job so they don't apply it or they don't want the job. They want to work with women. I don't know what it is, but it's like, no, it's, it's okay that it's not 50-50 because that doesn't always happen. I just hope that If a woman wants to apply for a job, she's being considered equally compared to the other candidates. That's what I hope. Yeah. But she should still be qualified. You know, so I don't think that we need more diversity and more women and more. We don't need that. We need qualified candidates. And I hope that if, you know, a black man or a gay woman or a woman or whoever comes across the computer screen with their resume, I hope they're just all given an equal shake at it. That's all.
1: So I don't know. Is this, is this sort of, you know, you're, you're hiring and you're moving to a, you know, a manager position Um, is, is, do you think see things like following suit? Like, is there going to be more women? Do you think more women will apply?
0: Yeah. We'll take a shot at it. It's already happened. Yeah. It's already happened since. So when I was hired in 2012 and then full-time in 14, there was no social media there was no coverage of me being you know there's nothing there was just i just did my job and like a normal whatever and then when i was hired in 2019 it really got big you know and was first woman hitting coach hired and got big and then man being hired as a manager was like even more so the attention and the the uh the visibility of it is so much more that all of a sudden now there's 12 co- there's 12 female coaches in uniform in 2022, and that, that's a three-year span. So when people say, oh, change, we need change, I'm like, that is a fast, wildly fast change um, that I don't think we've seen. It's interesting, like, I think I, I might be getting my history incorrect, so I apologize, but I think when Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier, I think it took eight years for each team to have a black player at the major league level. I think, could it be 10? Um, but you think like 12 teams, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next two years, every single team has a female coach of some kind. Yeah. So it's already happened. So it's like, I've seen the change happen before my eyes. We are going to see more women in, in uniform. Um, I, I think we'll see more managers, you know, like, I think that'll happen quick because in the age of social media and also the pressure surrounding teams yes. to become more diverse. I mean, I can say that not many people can, but teams are getting pressured to hire more women, hire more you know, hire more diverse candidates they're being pressured to. So yeah, hundred percent, it's going to happen. Yep. I'm not even sure if that's a great thing. I think that at times, if the person is can- is qualified, it's great. Yep. But there's by nature of the fact that we're being hired to pressure, we're, we're being pressured to hire candidates that are making up less than 5% of the resumes that we're receiving means that you're not hiring all perfectly qualified candidates you're hiring less than 5% of the resumes that you receive, which means in that little sector, the chances of you finding the candidate that fits that job and is phenomenally qualified and and is a, the perfect fit is probably just less, just by nature of numbers of the amount of people that you're getting applying. So it's just, you know, and this is kind of a uh, tale as old as time. This is again, change and and this is managing diversity in the workplace. It's been going on for decades years a long time yeah century, yes. a century. A long long time, yeah, you know, so it's not really new, it's just manifesting in a different way now with with women entering um sports as coaches and professionals,
1: yeah, so you know you've talked about confidence being so important. I know that you said before that you're, you're so glad that you never gave up, like you just you persevered, you just keep moving forward keep keep pushing ahead. Keep pushing ahead. Is there any other advice that you have for others that are pursuing careers that may have, you know, the, where, where their desired path might be full of obstacles?
0: I mean, for me, it was, for me, the thing that I always come back to is my purpose, you know, and I, it's tough, you know, if students are watching this and they're 20 or 21 or whatever they yeah. are, it's tough. Like, what's your purpose in life? Like, I don't know. You know, I didn't, yeah. I don't <laughs> think I knew do that. I didn't know that when I was that age, but really quickly, like, for me personally because of my experiences i got hit in the face with it like was i gonna quit and get a normal job work with women's sports because that's what everybody was telling me to do and i was getting all of these full-time nice job offers you know to work with women's sports at high levels of college and it bothered me i was like wait my resume is is really good and is qualified to work in professional baseball So if I'm not getting a look, then what are other women out there doing that don't have like, I already had baseball and and men's sports on my resume. So I just knew, like, I guess that was when I was, I was 25 and I was, I was told that I was being discriminated against. I kind of learned what was going on. I was like, awoke to the world. I was like, oh, okay, this is a real thing. And I, I had to make a decision of whether or not I was going to do that. And I decided obviously to do another free internship and work at waitressing and all this stuff. And so I had to ask myself, like, why am I doing this? Why not just, why not just take the easy route and just do it? And I kind of was like, okay, I want, first of all, I want to do it. I want to work in professional baseball. That's what I want to do. And also like, it's my job. Like if I don't do this, then who else is going to do it? So I, I just hope, I wish that everyone would be able to find that for themselves because then it's the biggest motivator because you're like, you know, one of my favorite quotes is from Buckminster Fuller and I'm, I'm going to butcher it, not exactly, but it basically says, um, what is my job on this planet? You know, what is it that it, I know something about that I'm capable of doing? And if I don't do it, nobody else is coming behind me to get it done. And for me, that is taking on whatever Burden it is i mean even when the yankees approached me about being a manager i was i was like oh, like okay whew, like this is another like thing to put on my back like okay you know now and it's a new role and i'm gonna have to learn make all these mistakes and now it's more public and people are gonna be tweeting about it and it's like <laughs> i'm gonna make a mistake and someone's yeah. gonna roast me all over the internet and it's like oh like okay this heaviness of like this is my responsibility it's also this the greatest gift you know but it's, yep. it's heavy so, you know, you're, I just go back to whenever I want to quit or whatever, whenever I'm having a bad day. It's like, it's my job. And if I don't do it and do it in the way that I know I can do it with the, with the presence that I know I can do it with, then who else is going to come behind me and get it done? And if you don't have the answer, then you better do it.
1: If not me, then who? Yeah, I like that. And did you have, did you feel a sense of relief with the, the applause that you got? And like people were, I mean, people rallied around that first game. I mean, they rallied behind you. Was it relieving or is um, it kind of just. Relief. Was it, was it awkward?
0: <laughs> no, it wasn't awkward. It was just uh, relief. Isn't the word. I don't think I feel relieved yet. I feel a ton of pressure, but again, it's like uh, to quote Billie Jean King pressure is a privilege. So it's a ton of pressure. I don't know when I'm going to feel relieved probably when I retire and go work like on a farm somewhere in the middle of nowhere, like just just escape it. Yeah. Um, Relief isn't the word it's, it's pressure, it's responsibility and it's honored. Like I feel honored that I have this opportunity to move things along. Like that's, that's an incredible honor. And I take it really seriously. So relief isn't the word just like, okay, there's a lot of people applauding me. Like better not mess this up. Like, here we go. Got to get the job done and, and gain people's respect and you know do the right do the right thing by the organization and all those things.
1: Yeah. I think that's just so helpful because I think when people read about your story and other stories like yours where you've sort of overcome odds and you know you came it, you, you came over the 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 dark times, it just looks like you didn't really struggle because you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's how it can yeah. look like the media portrayals. So to oh, hear yeah, you say yeah. like, yeah, it's an honor, but I struggled and I have a huge responsibility. And when I was first offered that job, it's sort of like, okay, this could have some consequence. Like it was heavy for you. Like I just, oh, yeah. the authenticity there, I think is just so important for people to hear. Oh no, because yeah. Because it can look like she's, she's I'm th- and you I'm are an Easter special, bunny. but you are, exactly. It's like- <laughs>
0: everything. Yeah. Is so, I'm so happy. I'm yeah. like so it's like, Oh God, like, like no, this was real folks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, no, there were tears shed and there were questions and frustrated. Yeah. And, um, impo- someone said, do you ever struggle with imposter syndrome? I was like every day, every, every day, day. Yes. like, you know, and so no, yeah. It's, and I, I have no problem being authentic or I, I try to tell when a reporter asked me, I'm like, please report the realness of this yeah. and not just this fluffy story about like, yeah. Grow power, you know, it's just really not that it's not fluffy at all. Um, but I do understand how, especially young, young women or young uh people, they also they need to see me as some kind of Easter bunny w- that wears a costume, otherwise not as a baseball uniform. But the, the real <laughs> reality of it is, it, is it, it's not been fun, like, my career has not been fun, however, I mean, and there's no There's no, it's just, my career has not been fun and it's been wildly amazing and just incredible and an honor and all of these things, but it's been, it's been rigorous, just like the season.
1: Last question. I know you're an experienced hitting coach, so I've got to ask with all the hype with Aaron judge chasing records for the most home runs in a season and Albert Pujols chasing records for the most home runs across a career. What's the bigger accomplishment?
0: I mean, oh god. Uh, I mean, they're both incredible, but I mean, I don't want to insult anyone. If I was <laughs> to, I guess I mean, I guess I would go this season because to do that in a short amount of time is just like it's mind-blowing. It just is just mind-blowing. To think, like in such a short amount of time to have that many home runs is crazy. If you have a long enough career, eventually you'll exactly. hit Exactly. You yeah, know, you'll get that many hits or I mean, but obviously no. the, the fact that you've had a long enough career to hit exactly. that many runs is is amazing within itself yeah like the longevity versus the sprint i guess but the, the i don't know i guess i'm so they're more, both amazing I, yeah <laughs> personally i'd be more amazed by the season yeah but they're both amazing
1: no it's just i i was just interested because it's you know i'm looking at that and it i don't know the longevity isn't hard to easy to accomplish either so no. um yeah yeah very cool rachel thank you so much for your valuable time and all of your contributions from the School of Sports Sciences in the WVU College of Applied Human Sciences. Thank you for listening and learning from Coach Balkovec. An important question from here, what are you doing in the sports spaces that you're a part of to support the voices, the experiences and the leadership of girls and women? Thanks again for taking time out with the School of Sports Sciences in the WVU College of Applied Human Sciences. If you or someone you know is interested in being a guest on Timeout, be sure to reach out at cahstimeout at mail.wvu.edu. To keep up with future episodes, visit cahs.wvu.edu. Stay active and be well.